Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Very good afternoon and welcome to the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. Every Monday we'll be here to look at the news and the stories from one of the world's most glamorous sporting events. This weekend was the opener for the delayed tournament. It wasn't even in India, but it was just as dramatic and contentious. Over the next hour, the former England fast bowler Steve Harmison and myself, Andrew McKenna, will take you through all of it. And we'll also look ahead action coming up over the next few days. Indian cricket writer Chetan Narulla will be joining us for his thoughts, while Harmi will cast his eyes over the English players' performances so far. It's the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. He was so good tonight. 
very good afternoon to you. The IPL show here on TalkSport 2. That was game number two of the tournament. The uh, Delhi Capitals and the Kings Eleven of uh, Punjab. Uh, it went to a super over. What a way to start it. The fact that the Delhi Capitals were even in with a chance of winning the game the way they started it was frankly ridiculous. But they not only uh, were in it, they went on to win it. And uh, they therefore get their first win. And that followed the uh, Chennai Super Kings winning the match and uh, tournament opener on uh, Saturday. They were in Abu Dhabi and beat the uh, Mumbai Indians. We'll come on to uh, that in a moment. Uh, delighted to say Steve Harmison is uh, with me this afternoon. Harmy, long time no speak. How are you? And great to have some some top-class sport once again. Yeah, definitely, Marco. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you and everybody. Oh, it was fantastic, wasn't it? The... You don't really want to talk about Mumbai Indians, Chennai, do we really? Because what happened <laughs> yesterday was, as that good, I even watched a rerun of it. I'm nearly finished through rerunning it now. It's just, it was such a bizarre game. The new ball, you know, I did a bit, and then you're thinking one team's going to win it, the other team doesn't want to win it. And then even after the last, I think, 47, 47 or three overs at the end, thinking they've got no chance and then they needed five or four balls so you know, nobody really wanted to grab the you know the game by the scruff of the neck it was a fantastic spectacle yesterday both games have been great to be fair and like you say even though there's no crowd the atmosphere still seems to be good what you're getting off off the tv um and you know the level of performance hasn't really disappointed especially from the overseas stars Let's be brutally honest about this. The Delhi Capitals' early doors were absolute rubbish. Yeah. Um, Schicker, um, Prithvi Shaw and Hetmeyer, I don't know what was going through their head. I would actually venture to suggest very little, because they looked like there was very little planning. They were guys coming out who haven't played cricket, at least uh, in terms of Prithvi Shaw and Shikhar Darwin. At least Shimmer and Hetmeyer uh, has been around the West Indies matches in England. But they looked like guys who hadn't played for ages. It was like watching um, a Three Musketeers film. There were so many flashing blades. It was remarkable. So... 13 for 3, at least that became 86 for 4. So, I'll be honest with you, I thought, well, uh, I'd be panicking if I was the TV producers because I'm thinking, <laughs> what are we going to do to fill up the time here? Absolutely. But when I look at this, the, the Delhi Capitals, and you look at the side, and you, to be fair, you look at the 22-man squad they've got, and they're just, I, just see, I just see so much explosive batting up see you know, they're going to get me on the engine on the edge of your seats it's going to be great to watch up and down because the simple fact is it's a very young side you know I'm pretty sure very young Chicka Darwin's experienced he's been around a long 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 time especially in the IPL and the white form of cricket but he is basically six or out at the start of the innings and he met his name opening a batting where um, David Warner up at um, up at uh, Hyderabad up at um, the Sunrisers but you look at Hetemeyer, we've seen him on TalkSport 2 in, in the Caribbean. He is six or out. And then you've got Rashi Pant, who comes in at number five. He's another one, six or out. Marcus Stoinis, we've seen a little glimpse in England this year. He's another big hitting batsman who won the game for, for the Delhi Capitals, to be fair. And uh, Shiraz Ira, who, again, is a young, young player. So they've got a very, very young side. Throwing in with Rabada and Nokia, who we've seen, obviously, in, in, in the winter. It was a huge blow from Ravi Ashwin having to go off and potentially missing the rest of the tournament if he's dislocated his shoulders. But this is a young side who potentially could, like you say, Maka, could get bowled out for 60, but also could get 220, 240 in, a, in, a, in an innings over in uh, in the Middle East. And it could be great to watch. It could be an outside bet for, for, for a team who has 
you know, probably not got the big fancy names, but could be a dark horse because on their day, this this team could beat anybody. As I mentioned, they were an absolute shambles. 86 <laughs> for four, 87 for five, 96 for six. And Marcus Stoinis then uh, takes over. 53 from 21 balls, seven fours and three sixes. Um, it's fair to say he changed the course of that game because, let's be honest, they were going to be struggling to make 130 and there's no way 130 was going to be competitive. But as we just see it, the last couple of overs, if you, if you get that momentum going into the innings break, it just seems to do funny things. Definitely. And it, what he did was he, he he took it out on Chris Jordan, England's England's Chris Jordan at the end there. Like you say, he, I think he hit 36 off Jordan's last nine balls, um, which is, yeah, that's game changer. That's a game winner. But, you know, absolutely what you said there is perfectly right. When they're listening to the commentary team, 15... 14, 15 overs in, they're saying they've got to try and make it competitive, the Delhi Capitals. They've got to try and get to 120, 125, 130, give them something to bowl at and still be you know, a, a chance of winning the game. And all of a sudden, Stoinis goes goes berserk and um, puts them in a position where you st even still, you know, talk about momentum, yes, it's huge in 2020 cricket, but you still thought the Delhi Capitals were 15 runs short. I'm sure, you know, I, I'm sure Ricky Ponting at half time talking to his team saying we're going to have to fight tooth and nail. We're going to have to, you know, every run in the field, scrap like anything and hopefully Rabada gets us off to a good start like he can do with the white ball because I still believe, you know, Pont, uh, Ponting and Ayo would have said, captain and coach, we're 10, 15 runs short here. We've got to really stick together and, and do the second half well, which they did. In fairness to Chris Jordan, I don't think he was helped. I, I'm not sure Kale Rahul had his best day no. as, as a captain because the field was neither Arthur or Martha half the time. And uh, I'm not entirely sure Chris Jordan knew where, where he was supposed to be bowling. Um, but anyway, uh, the, the, the Kings 11 had to get off to a decent start and promptly didn't. Um, one for 30, two down for 33, three down for 34, four down for 35. As Rahul Nair, Puran and Maxwell all went... But Mayank Agarwal, what an innings from him. 89 from 60, seven fours and four sixes for him. I mean, that was a heck of a knock. And I'm afraid to say, you've then got to ask the question, when we get to a super over, why was he not used? Yeah, it was, that was bizarre. There was some bizarre thinking. To be fair, Mac, I've worked on the IPL now for about seven or eight years on, on the TV and on the radio, different formats. And some of the things that I think... Is common sense and some of the things that you expect to happen don't happen. You cannot predict what's going to happen in this this IPL with, you know, some of the thinking from uh, the Indian backroom team, the coaches, some of the Indian captains and the senior players. So that was a surprise. He played magnificent. He looked. He learned what happened in the first innings. He said it's going to be tough against the new ball. You know, you've got Rabada, you've got Nokia, who have got a bit of pace. Let's see them off and see if we can take the game deep. We've seen what Steinis did. Um, and I thought Agarwal played fantastically well because you know, he was going to run a ball for about the first 25, 30 runs. So didn't really you know, he, he was going to be the glue that held them all together. And there were some poor shots in there. You know, 
Nicholas Poran, uh, Mr. Straight one really off Ashwin and to be fair it was a good job from the Kings eleven that the uh, the Delhi Capitals captain had to go off uh, because he looked as though he was he had the bit between his teeth because remember in the last few years he has captained the Kings eleven in the IPL. So poor shot from Maxwell. Um Naraya the same you just and you say they got off to a poor start, but they were thirty for they were thirty for none. Yeah, the thirty for none getting through that new ball and Agarwal's thinking, right, let's build from this. And all of a sudden, you know, fifty for fifty-five for five, and it's a whole different ball game. Having to try and take the game as deep as I possibly can. Now, of course, they finished one run short because it yeah. finished level at one five seven apiece, and then we come to the very um, well. Let's just say there's been an almighty uh, hoo ha about this on social media because during the run chase uh, while Mayank Agarwal and Chris Jordan were together um, the ball was uh, squeezed down to long on and it appeared that the batsman had taken two however Nitin Menon the umpire decided that Chris Jordan hadn't managed to put his bat down over the line and signalled one short now we've all seen the replays and the footages and uh, the stills he clearly wasn't one short. Mm. He did ground it. I mean, Scott Skyrus, Scott Styrus, should I say, on um, on Twitter said terrible decision. But he did then make the point. However, if you need one run off the last two balls and you don't win, you only have yourself to blame. And I'll be honest with you, I think he's right on both points there. Definitely, definitely, Mac. You can't. You can't. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. 
say we we lost the game because of uh, of an umpiring decision like that. One run, two two balls. Yeah, the the batting team wins ninety nine times out of a hundred. Um, it was bizarre. It was a little. To be fair, the whole game was bizarre, but it was a an, an added extra to a bizarre bit of play. But you know, Styrus is right. We're saying you you've got you've got the game by the the scruff of the neck. You've got the you've sort of clutched it from defeat. And all of a sudden, you know, you've 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 thrown your chance away to to win the match. So it was it was just bizarre all round. Um, I'm not sure what the umpire was thinking or what he was doing, um, but like I say, that's what happens sometimes in an IPL cricket. I think we're going to have to come back to this one as it goes on because I think it's worth discussing this and also what is and isn't the third umpire allowed to review because everyone's yeah. like well why can't the third umpire as I understand it I don't think the rules actually allow the I third umpire I don't think umpire. you can no no, no we definitely exactly. can't so, so we need to get in we need to get into all of this um, we're, we're going to be uh, speaking with Chetan Narulla next though uh, the Indian cricket writer uh, on the first weekend and uh, find out how the Indian public have taken to the tournament being back but the IPL of course not being in the eye part of the IPL that's coming next on TalkSport 2 Yeah, there will always be nerves, no matter, well, at least for me, no matter how long I play. Um, and yeah, when, when uh, things get tight the way they were in this game, there will always be nerves. Uh, luckily, it, it came off today. I can't believe Kagisho Rabada ever gets nervous, but apparently he said there were a few nerves. Of course, he was the man who was entrusted with the Super Over in uh, yesterday's game, and uh, he saw it through, and congratulations to him for uh, for doing that. It was a fantastic game of cricket. The IPL backing up and running for this year. Underway, of course, being played in the, uh, the UAE. Three venues being used. Dubai, Abu Dhabi and Sharjah are the uh, three locations as uh, India hasn't been deemed safe enough for the tournament to uh, take place. Let's speak to the Indian cricket writer, Cheetan Narulla, who, delighted to say, is uh, joining us. Um, Cheetan, thanks very much for, for joining us. First of all, how have the Indian public sort of taken to this year's IPL in the fact that, that they must be delighted that there is cricket being played, but of course it, it's not in India, it's out in the UAE. Are they just delighted that they've got something to watch again? Hello, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Um, yes, I mean, uh, that's the common sentiment um, amongst the cricket lovers, really, because um, <laughs> you either have news channels about the COVID-19 you know, pandemic or worrying about the economy and everything. People working from home, nowhere to go, really. Um, although the lockdown has been lifted in India, but most of the people are working from home um, as and when they can. So it's a good distraction, really. Um, last five months, no sport. Uh, all we have seen is uh, the English summer uh, of cricket, maybe some football and Formula One. But uh, it's good to have some Indian cricketers back on the television, at least. I suppose as well, it's, it works very well for you in the t in the fact that the time difference is perfect. Uh, it still works for Indian TV. Everyone can watch it in the evenings. But the one thing, I mean, the heat and the humidity in, in the UAE at the moment is absolutely brutal, isn't it? And that is going to have a big, ef big effect on these games. Oh, absolutely. I think only Sri Lanka and UAE were in contention for hosting the IPL if, uh, if it went outside India. 
Sri Lanka possibly would have been more suited because of um, the, the temperature conditions and the, and the weather conditions. Because I've been to the UAE to 2018 Asia Cup and, you know, 6 p.m. starts over there. It was just... It was just too much for for somebody who's just watching, sitting in the press press box or going to the game. I can't even imagine, you know, being on the ground in that heat and humidity, be uh, for for three three and a half hours and playing international cricket, really. But uh, you know, professional cricketers have a job to do. UAE was a was a good uh, location in that particular sense because you have those three venues. You don't really have to fly between Sharjah, Dubai, and Abu Dhabi. Uh, you just get on a bus there are a lot of hotels you can create those bio bubbles for 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 the broadcasters and the sponsors and the officials for the bcci people and for the a team so it was it was well suited in that particular manner and like you said the the timing really worked out and i hope uh, the you know the cricketers have worked enough on their fitness in the last 5 months to last the next 2 months because it is going to be you know really hot and humid in in the uae during this time I mean, just to give people an idea, I'm just looking at the weather forecast for, for Dubai for today and tomorrow. For tomorrow, they're talking about 40 degrees. Now, you throw in the humidity on that as well. That is, that is ridiculous. Uh, anyway, um, uh, how's it working <laughs> w- with regard to the fans for this one? Because I think I'm right in saying that they are actually playing crowd noise in the stadium, aren't they? We, we've seen, obviously, with a lot with the, with the Premier League football in, in the UK, that they're playing crowd noise, but only on the TV broadcast. Am I right in saying they're actually playing some crowd noise in the stadium? Um, I'm not sure about the stadium. Uh, from what I gathered, they are playing some music, music and creating the ambient atmosphere that you would usually find. Um, you know, when you go and visit an IPL game or watch an IPL game while in India, I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to create that ambiance. Um, but uh, as far as the television broadcast is concerned, that yes, uh, you compare it with the with the Premier League or even the English summer. I understand Sky Sports had this uh, red button where you could hear the Lords crowd humming, um, that sort of a thing. So. Uh, they are replicating that. They have some fan videos, fan cams. Uh, a lot of the franchisees have accumulated that and they are putting uh, putting it out there. They have their digital presence as well. So um, as far as the broadcast is concerned, yes, they are simulating those uh, those fan chants and everything. But uh, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the uh, about the fans chants at the stadium. The music is there. They're trying to create the ambience, the festival atmosphere. And in the first two games, it, it's actually worked so far, I would say. And Chitty, what about the, the the tactics from the team's point of view and sort of selections of overseas for different games? Because it is a lot different. When the auction came about, they were playing in India. Now they're playing in, in, in the UAE. So the pitches are a bit different. Do you think we'll see the first two or three rounds of matches where you know, it's basically a free-for-all? You th- you'd expect one team, you know, Kings Eleven, to beat Delhi or Mumbai to beat Chennai or the opposite way around. But you'll see a lot of upsets because players getting used to the surroundings, the pitches, and the size of the grounds now? Well, first of all, I'll say hi to you because it's been yeah. a while since we've been in touch. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, it, it, was a, it was a bit of a quandary, really, because uh, nobody knew that they would be taking the IPL out of the country when the auctions happened. Uh, almost every team so, sorted themselves out in terms of their home conditions and obviously the away conditions and wherever they're going to play in India. For example, Mumbai Indians. I mean, you look at the Wankhede, and it's a it's a flat pitch at times, and it's mostly supporting paces and everything. And and they're a bit lightweight on their spin, 
uh, in their spin department, but they are really well placed when, when it comes to pace. And when they when they had the opportunity of replacing Lasat Malinga after moving to the UAE, they called James Patterson. So it was a bit surprising. In the first two days, I have been a bit surprised because in all the all, in both the games, all the sides have gone for three frontline pacers, uh, a medium pacer all rounder. Spin has taken a bit of a backseat. The BCCI has flown their curator team, pitch curating team, and. They've left a bit of grass in both Dubai and Abu Dhabi. They've left a bit of grass on the pitch. I am personally thinking it's it's because they want those pitches to last, because it's a 60-day tournament. I mean, we are we're just in we're just in September. It's just 21st of September, and the final is on 10th of November. It's it's going to be a very very long tournament, and just three stadiums. They're going to keep using those pitches again and again and again. So this leaving the grass bit is probably to do with making those pitches, making that square last at those three grounds. And it has allowed the teams to at least start off in the manner they would have if they had played in India, you know, with the three paces or having two spinners, two frontline paces, uh, a medium pace all-rounder, that, that way. So uh, it's an intriguing mix. Uh, as the tournament goes on, yes, the pitches will slow down, undoubtedly. It's, it's never easy to score in the UAE. And uh, I don't expect too high scores. I mean, I, I don't. Ex- I think 160 would be a pass score, especially in the second half of the tournament. Chisholm, you were just talking about the makeup of the teams there, and obviously a lot of yeah. the players haven't been able to play middle cricket. They've been netting for a while. The English and the Australian players, some of the West Indians, have obviously had some cricket over the English summer. Do you think that maybe we'll see quite heavily dominated sides with English and, and Australian players because they have they are game sharp, or is there actually more a case for saying, well, you are game sharp. We need to get the rest of the squad up to speed. Do you do you think that 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 some teams will rely very heavily on the English and Australians, or do you think that, that they might go the other way? Oh, absolutely. I agree with you there. In fact, I tweeted about it as well, and I call it the Sam Curran tra- trend. Because uh, in the first game, uh, the, um, the Mumbai Indians and CSK game, Dhoni sent up Sam Curran ahead of himself. And yes, I mean, uh, not too many runs were needed, and the, it was required the finishing touch. But Sam Curran has been in the English setup over the summer. Maybe he did not play too many games, but still, he's been there. He's been match fit. He's been mentally fit. Match fitness, I think, is of more importance than anything else right now because a lot of the Indian cricketers, a lot of South African cricketers and other from, uh, cricketers from other parts of the world, they haven't really played. Australian cricketers, yes, they've been active for three weeks. Uh, the CPL cricketers, probably they have played more cricket than anybody else. And uh, the English cricketers and, uh, you know, uh, Pakistan cricketers, obviously not here, but the West Indies cricketers and English cricketers probably have played the most cricket of anyone. So, yes, I see a premium on those players. Even yesterday, Marcus Stoinis, I mean, astonishing touch for him. Uh, for example, Johnny Besto, he's going to start. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to start today. Uh, I wasn't sure what the quarantine rules are because Joss Butler will not play the first game for Rajasthan Royals, but probably Johnny, Johnny Besto will play today. I'm not sure. But if he does play, I expect him to play a good role because he's been in good nick, he's been in good form. Maybe not too much deep into the tournament. Maybe the first two weeks, these players who've had this experience or who who are match fit, they will be at a premium. All these West Indian players or the English players, I think they will be at a premium and will have an impact on the early impact on the tournament. And Jean, what about that game yesterday? It was a case of who doesn't, <laughs> who doesn't want to win it, to be fair. You, know, you talk about the grass on the pitches, that helped the Seamers up front. But, you know, first, well, second game into the tournament, goes into a super over. Steiner's 
a fantastic, fantastic innings. Aguilar, the same, fantastic innings. But I think the big question is, why did Kings eleven not send Aguilar back out for the Super over instead of going with Keir Raul, Maxwell and Puran? Uh, well, it's a, it's a big, big, uh, big mystery, really, because everybody's been wondering that. And, and, the, and the answer that I'm getting from, from a few quarters is that he was absolutely knackered because he was in the field there for 20 overs and then he batted for 20 overs because he opened the innings. And that's where, you know, uh, Andrew's first question about the heat and humidity comes into play because somebody who's batted 40 overs, he was just in no condition to bat one more over because you don't really get to see this. Somebody who scored at a strike rate of 150 scores 80 of 60 balls, and yet he is not part of the super over. So it's, it's, it was really, really weird to see. And of course, it was the wrong call. Uh, maybe, I, I, maybe I'm being harsh here. I mean, Steve can correct me if, if possible. But as a professional cricketer, I would expect him to go on for another six deliveries. Um, really, especially because Kings Eleven Punjab were batting first in the Super Rover. If they were batting second in the Super Rover, I would understand. Yes, he batted in the first innings and batting second in the Super Rover didn't really make sense. But because it was a, it was a continuation almost of their innings, I was really surprised. But yes, what a bonkers, bonkers game. Absolutely bonkers. Delhi Capitals throwing it away with their top order. They have such a great team. But some of those uh, shots, that their shot selection was so questionable. And uh, they were saved by Stoinis. Nobody expected them to score 150. Then saved by Rabada on a couple of occasions. Um, Kings 11 saved by Mayank Agarwal. What a fantastic knock. But like you said, yes, nobody really wanted to win that game. First ball of the Dream 11 IPL. And what a start from Rohit Sharma. Oh, through mid-wicket this time from Quinton de Kock. Should be out. So Pierce Chandler strikes and it's the first wicket down. Oh, hello. Maximum up in the air and taken. This is a terrific catch. Very, very good catch. Nicked and gone this time. Mumbai Indians have set 162 for nine, so Chennai will need 163 to take the first game of this Dream 11 IPL. Oh, has to be. If he hasn't hit it, it's very close and it's been given. Close again. And this time it's dead. Bhakti Raidu brings up 50. For us, he's been, uh, he's been nothing short of uh, fantastic. And again, today, he, he turned the game around and his experience uh, and also his skill set was a major part for us to win today. That is a cracking maximum. Well, he goes again. Has he got hold of it? Of course he has. And that's four of them. They'll need one more. And there it is. So after five consecutive losses to Mumbai Indians... Chennai Super Kings have turned the table. Yeah, the Super Kings were victorious in the first game of uh, IPL 2020. They beat the Mumbai Indians by five wickets. Mumbai posting 162 for nine. Uh, Subaratiwari made 42. Quinton de Kock made 33. There were a few others chipped in. In reply, the Super Kings 166 for five to win with four balls to spare. Uh, Ambassador Rayudu made 71. Faf Duplessis 58 not out. And Sam Curran uh, most definitely chipped in. It was only 18 
but off six balls. One four, two sixes, and uh, he went in above uh, MS Tony as we were just talking uh, with uh, with Cheaton. Um, I think actually let's let's uh, hear from uh, Sam Curran discussing the fact that he has joined the Super Kings and going in above the great man. I was actually really excited when I was coming to Chennai, but um, I landed day before yesterday, so I was straight in, haven't actually met a lot of the guys, just straight on the bus, and it probably worked out for me. I didn't actually have to think about my game too much, just went out there and do what I do. Yeah, um, we were saying right the way through, you are the ultra-competitor, we won't forget that hat-trick you got last year. And guess what? You've demoted Donny down the order. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, very surprised I went in. But, um, yeah, he's, he's a genius and he obviously thought something. But, yeah, great win in the end and great start. Sam Curran speaking with uh, Michael Slater during the coverage of that one. Steve Harmison, by comparison of, of Sunday's game, Saturday's w was, well, I suppose, a great deal more straightforward yeah. in, in many respects. Um, and in some way, maybe lacked some of the drama of the Sunday game. It did, yeah, but there's still, you know, similar-ish games. You know, team struggling to get off the start with a new ball. Um, it's 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 an interesting one, the uh, the Chennai's because it's like I talked about before, uh, how imp yeah impressed are I, I think the explosiveness and the youthfulness of of Delhi. Um, Chennai's the other way. They're experienced. They've been here before. A lot of very senior characters. Um, and the minute Sam Curran got picked up for Chennai, I was over the moon. I was really, really pleased for the, not just for the young man, um, his bank balance or anything like that, but he's going to play and learn off some fantastic people. Great player. Shane Watson, you know, I, wanna, I know he, he got the mick taken out of him sometimes in test match cricket, getting his pad in the way, but that guy's had a stellar white ball career. And Shane Watson's a fantastic player, all-rounder. His knowledge of the game, especially in tight situations with IPL in 2020, Faftu Plessis, you know, South African captain, Jadeja, I just need to say his name, Mahindra Singh Dhoni. To sit next to Mahindra Singh Dhoni for 14 games in a dressing room, you can only learn. Um, so this is a great thing, not just for Sam Curran, but I actually think it is very, very good for English cricket that Sam's going to get this experience. And for him to go in ahead of MS Dhoni, you could potentially see that it was left hand, right hand, Jadeja got out, so... Um, Curran went in for a, a you know the left hand right hand seemed to work for that short period of time between Duplessy and Jadeja so um, you can see why why that happened and he got a, a brisk 18 like Cheat mentioned before he's been playing cricket so uh, all in all it was a, a fantastic day for the young man because he you know, he chipped in for what were one for 28 of his four overs as well so uh, all the England players I've been saying it for for ages Macca before they all got snapped up and this is where we want our English players to play. I know there's been a lot of criticism about county cricket and they should be playing county cricket and not going off and playing the IPL. Even John Cleese, you know, the great comedian, even John Cleese, Battle Faulty, had a go at Tom Banton for not playing in the Bob Willis Trophy. Um, but for me, if they can play IPL cricket, if they're available to play IPL cricket and they're not, then it's not sort of taking away what they're doing from international cricket. These young players have got to play it from an English point of view because it's only going to make them better. Now, as a former fast bowler yourself, you've got to be delighted with what we've seen in these opening two games. Lungi Ngidi, James Patterson, Jaspit Bumrah, um, Mohit Sharma, Kigisho Rabada, um, Mohamed Shami. These are proper fast bowlers. Owen Ricknockier, of course. Mm. Now, it, there is a proper fast bowlers, and it would appear the conditions 
are actually going to give them something in return. It, it just seems to level up the, the bat and ball dynamic, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And like Cheating mentioned before, as long as there's keeping grass on the surfaces, because they've got to keep the, you know, the pitches going, you know, each team plays 14 games, only at three venues, you're probably looking at, I've only been to Dubai National Stadium a couple of times. There's probably only about five or six pitches where you think they're in the middle where the TV cameras can work. Abu Dhabi, there's probably only about three, four, and Sharjah might be might be a, a few more. So you're only looking at maybe ten pitches to get all these games on. So I can see early part of the tournament, you are going to play with grass on the on, on the pitch just to keep the pitch together. You're not going to see. You're probably not going to see as many spin bowlers bowling in the first six power play. So like Cheaton said, you're probably you're gonna see a lot of seam bowlers bowl with a brand new ball for six overs. And what you have to what you have to have if you're gonna be one of them, you have to be either ridiculously accurate bowling anywhere near around about off stump and have a bit of, bit of height about you to make the ball move or to make the ball bounce, or you've got to be fast. And that's what I like to see. There's nothing better. Maka we've seen it so far in the English summer. It's a different game. England play a different game when Wood and Archer play. Mm. It is a completely different game. This is, you know, off, bums off seat, you know, at the end of your seat, thinking, right, you know, the, the pierce against the, you know, the, the, you know, the big, big bats, short boundaries. And there's nothing better. And like you said before, I thought Trent Bolt and James Pattinson bowled absolutely beautifully at the top of, at the, top of the order against uh, Chennai Super Kings. Bumrah didn't, bat, didn't sort of hit his straps, but again... You know, you're talking about bowlers getting into their rhythm. So it's going to be interesting. It could be a tale of two halves, this Indian Premier League, where the first five or six round of games are played, where seam, seam bowlers do well in the first six. And as the pitches get worn and as the pitches you know, get a little bit drier and as the pitches get, uh, get the grass ticking off them, then you might see spin coming into it. So it's going to be interesting tactically. But what we've seen so far... You know, seam bowlers have got to be right on their metal and they've got to have some pace about them because if not, they can go the journey. Now, we touched on earlier the uh, the, the one short in the, the Kings Eleven game against the Delhi Capitals. And there's been so much talk about this. It, it is worth explaining that the third umpire just can't unilaterally get involved with something and go, get onto the, the talk back button uh, to the umpire and go, uh, hang on a minute, chaps, hang it doesn't work like that, does it? So, for, for all the... Well, he needs to, whether he can't. If the rules don't allow him to, he can't do that. No, he can't, but I think he can if he asks for it, but he didn't ask for it. And that is the thing for me, Harmy. Huge, this, huge you've, problem. You've touched on the point that I was going to make here, and that is, how many times have we seen a run-out where the batsman's bat is level with the stumps, i.e. a foot and a half over the crease line but they refer that now this one was close he's also if you look because of the the locked off square camera he has to stand a meter off of the straight line so that the camera gets an unimpeded view okay fine totally understand that i am i'm absolutely astonished that they didn't think Right, let's just double-check that. It's, you could easily have it as an umpire's check. If you can check a run-out, you can check a stumping, it's a line decision. It's a huge call at that point in the game. So while the third umpire can't go in, surely the umpire himself has to make the signal and say, I want to make a check on this because I want to be absolutely sure. Yeah, you'd think uh, top international umpires would be 
bit calmer, a bit cooler, a bit collective and just go, you know what, that didn't look right. Because, Mac, it's about the, 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 the sort of eye perception. I can't believe he was just watching that line for the for the for the batsman just to, to tap in and, and go again he'd have been watching the game he'd have been watching what's going on and as he saw of the batsman's tapped in visually he thought oh that didn't look right i think he was short there now as an umpire you would think well i'm just going to check this and like you say has the game situation got to him has the pressure got to the umpire because it certainly got to the players um and like you say the third umpire can only come in the only time he can come in without being asked is no balls now. The no ball rule is now it's on the third umpire. That's the only thing that's in. Everything else you have to ask for. If there's a catch that you're not sure of, you make the signal to the third umpire and the umpire on the field gives a soft signal, either out or not out. That's, that, that's now in the laws of the game. Everything is like that. You can ask the third umpire for anything you want. So I just, I just think the umpire maybe is just, he got caught up in the emotion um, and he's seen something that didn't look quite right, thought, well, that's one short, I'm going to make the signal without consulting his man at the other end or the guy in the sky. So, you know, for me, it was, it was, a, it was a disappointing end towards a game which was, was, you know, which built, was an absolutely fantastic game and a talking point we didn't really need to have a talking point on. Um, and I agree with Scott Cyrus. One of two balls, you should win the game from there anywhere. So I don't think it lost the game for them. But at the end of the game, end of the day, it was a talking point that this game didn't need. And by the way, while I'm getting things off my chest, no balls being called by the third umpire. We, we saw it. Now, it, it might not have changed things anyway, but Marcus Stoinis was run out off of a no ball. Now, he's yeah. going for two to come back anyway. But if the umpire, the standing umpire is calling that... Stoyness, in, in another situation, might not come back for the second. As I say, it's the final ball. He's going hell for leather for it. He's going for it anyway because of the situation of the game. But this is my one concern about the umpire not calling the no ball and it being done later is the fact that, well, he's now run out. He might not, in another situation, might not have taken that second run and therefore... The only, the only way you can be out off a no ball is run out. And, and I think there's an issue there. Yeah, but I think another thing is that's it's going to happen. You know, that that's happened once in a in a while. But how many times have you seen another no ball not given? Um, I just think it's it's one of them situations where I think you take the that out the equation from an umpire and let the guy in the sky make the cut. And, you know, it's, so it's categorically right as opposed to a, like what we've seen with the, the, the one short an umpire guessing basically. So I know what you I know what you end up I know what you mean and I can understand what you're saying and it you know Mark Stoinis is probably sitting with his pads off thinking, you know what, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have taken that second run. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think over the course of a six six, eight-week tournament of the IPL or cricket going forward. I actually think it's beneficial for the game to have the, thir the third umpire take the no-ball call because, you know, you want to get it right every, every time. If he sticks his arm out and he's and it's not a no-ball, and, you know, the, it, it, I just think it's a grey area. It's now a categorically bang, this is what the case is. We know the rules. And if his foot's over the line, the third umpire is the one that makes the decision. Steve Harmison and myself, Andrew McKenna, with you on the IPL show. We're here every Monday at uh, 1 o'clock to take you through all of the uh, stories and news from the uh, IPL. If you missed any of it, you can listen back via the following on feed. It's now available for free on the TalkSport app.
The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson. And me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix. From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of How I'd Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here.